Hi there, Glocal Citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, and I am coming to you from a wonderful, sunny, pre-Independence Day weekend here in the U.S. And my guest is coming to me from the continent. And I'm really excited to host him today because we met many, many years ago as I was beginning my journey in Ghana, working in children's educational content. And while he was also launching what we're going to talk much about today on the program, we met in South Africa at a program called Discop, which is a media marketplace. It's all around mostly Africa. And I'll leave a bit about that in the show notes. Let me just get into his introduction. My next guest heads creative design studio EVCL, which is based in Abuja, Nigeria. He is the creator of Bino and Fino, the first Nigerian children's educational cartoon show brand to be produced in the country. Launched in 2011, Bino and Fino brings the rich history and culture of Africa into the homes and lives of its fans. And the program can be now accessed on platforms worldwide, which is no small accomplishment. Adamu Wazuri, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Laura. Thanks for having me. Yay. So let's get started. Where are you from? Where are you local? And what is your craft? I'm from Nigeria. I would say I'm local to Abuja in Nigeria. Yes. And then I'd say my craft is, <laughs> I wouldn't know nowadays, to be honest with you. It's, it's changed a lot over the years. So I wouldn't know what my craft is, actually. But I guess, okay, I guess it's maybe creating children's content. I say with an African flavor and focus, like genuine. I think that that hits it on the nose. I think that hits it yeah. on the nose, most definitely. Okay, let's start with why the where. So, how did you come to be living, working, and playing where you currently live? Wow. Okay. Um, long story. I think. Okay. Basically, my family is in Nigeria. We're Nigerian. And I was actually in the UK, in London for a while, working in the animation sector. That's, um, I mean, if I track back, I was studying architecture, then dovetailed into the animation sector. I was working there as a freelancer for like about a few years and then um, came back to, well, I never really left Nigeria, but came back to Nigeria for a, for a major project, um, which was like an international project working on, I think we're trying to bid for the Commonwealth Games or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then I, I said, I, I always wanted to go back home. And I planned to do it, but let's just say it was unplanned. Ended up staying in Abuja. My family was there. My father was there. My mom was there. So I just thought, okay, fine. Everyone's in Nigeria. Let me just, well, it was, I didn't think, I was in animation. So this animation wasn't exactly, back then, wasn't exactly big back home. So I just was trying to figure out how to make that work. And then just by accident, I got this job, went back, and then stayed. So I, I thought I could give it a go. Let's put it that way. It was just like a, yeah, just gave it a go. It wasn't planned. Okay. Okay. So I've been to Abuja once. I loved it. I love the mountainous views and all of that thing. I love the green about it. So tell us where in Abuja that you actually are. In Abuja, I'm in a place called Maitama. Okay, Maitama. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where, between Maitama and that's where I'm based. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So I'll leave show notes again on Abuja. I highly recommend visiting Abuja. I would even almost recommend folks visit Abuja before they visit Lagos, but that's just me because I'm a green, a tree hugger kind of person. Yeah. 
depends the type of person you are. Some people would love Lagos, some people would hate Lagos and prefer Abuja. Yeah. I'm, one of a, I'm more of an Abuja person. Right. Exactly. I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so how did you find animation? Like, how did that become um, a passion of yours and how and when did that happen? I've always had it. I don't know when, <laughs> since I was a kid. So okay. I've always been drawing. Yeah. It's nothing I thought, oh, I'll, let me see what, what's that about. It's more something ever the second I saw animation, I guess, I guess Tom and Jerry, old school stuff way back in the day. Yeah, I've just been interested in it. Spider-Man, old school Spider-Man cartoons. Whatever made its way to Nigeria back then in the old, uh, like our, our TV station NTN or whatever some relatives brought to, from abroad in VHS tapes, I just sucked it up and fell in love with, fell in love with stuff like animation, cartoons. I didn't know it was animation. I just called it cartoons. It was cartoons and then um, sci-fi, like Star Wars and stuff like that. So once I saw those things, I just, that was it. Okay, so you knew so, that you knew that, that was a sector for you generally for for the work that you would end up doing. I had no idea. I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have ended up being a lawyer. I just know I love this thing. So uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So tell us more about. So I remember obviously Tom and Jerry, all those cartoons. Did you make those like flash? Did you draw all those flash picture books and then do the you know the the flip? And so you saw the moving images. Was that something that you did when you were younger? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Drawing everything, drawing all my notes, like all my exercise books in school, drew on stuff that wasn't supposed to be drawn on. Just drew everywhere. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so when did the drawing meet story? So you like to draw, you kind of created these visions, the visuals, but when did story meet the drawings? Again, for me, it's always, it's always been there because you make it up as you go along. If you're sitting there either drawing or you're playing with the action figures, or the, there's always a story in your head. No matter how stupid it is, there's always oh, this is happening and that's happening. He's the bad guy and this is a good guy and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So there's always, I never separated it. Oh, okay. Yeah. For me, anyway, I never separated. It's just this medium, which I love. So I've never thought of them as separate. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So then now you're back in Abuja. You have this passion for animation. And so how was your company born? Because you were working for someone and then, you know, you wanted to make this a go animation in in a country where it was very infant. So how did how did your company come about? Oh, boy. Specifics. Basically, okay. so I went back to this project, thought about it. I still went back to London after the project. But whilst back in London, I was like, okay, how do I make this work? Just incorporated the company back in Nigeria and then opened up an got an office space, basically committed, and then went back again. No clients, no nothing. So what I did was take some of the clients I had in the UK and did work for them from Abuja to start off with, and then started to now look for clients whilst in Abuja and then start that whole process. So I would say that's how it started. So it was like, went back, but took my clients from the UK first, then kind of source job animation type jobs or I also did something called 3D architecture visualization because okay because basically I couldn't do a straight up animation degree because there was no such thing as an animation even back then it wasn't really as popular as it is now and then let alone in Nigeria so I couldn't study it for my first degree so I did architecture 
anyway, short story is I got some of these types of projects in Nigeria and then got my ex, let's say ex colleague or ex worksmate in the UK and we did the work together and for clients in Nigeria. So I kind of had this weird hybrid of work for clients abroad and then just patching stuff together till I managed to now find proper local clients and then started going from there. So there was not a lot of animation talent, I'm assuming, as well. So in terms of building up capacity in your company and forming your flagship program, which is Bino and Fino, what was the process of identifying and putting the team together? And and tell us the, the genesis of the idea. We, we want to understand where did Bino and Fino, where was the sprout that, that became Bino and Fino? Okay, Bino and Fino. Okay. <laughs> okay, basically, like, let's say like fast forwarding a little bit. Basically, I came around to doing Bino and Fino because I had two choices in my head. I was either going to do something which is going to be more like a like a Batman, Black Panther type style, or something for kids. And I wanted something that had more impact. So I thought, okay, have more of a um, social impact. So I wanted to do something educational for kids. So I thought, okay, let's go down that route. But the reason why I did, you know, I got the courage or the, let's say, the impetus to do Bino Fino was that one of my last, cut, like, let's say, my last projects in Nigeria kind of went bad, bad, bad. So I thought, okay. It's risky anyway. Let me just go ahead and just do this Bino Fino thing. I don't want my future to be dependent on one or two people making decisions. So, um, and I just, okay, yeah, we'll just, just go for it. Regarding building up <laughs> capacity, that took a long time. I mean, not that the talent isn't there, but you have to remember this is 12, 13 years ago. And if you look at the animation sector now, you can find talent and people everywhere, you know, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But back then, to find people, it was a whole different scenario. So I had to find some local artists. And, you know, we had like, there's a, there's a forum, there's an there's a online forum called Naira Land. And for those who don't know, Naira is the Nigerian currency. And it's an old school forum that's still going strong. And there was a section on there, it had everything, everything from... I think cars, law, um, education, and there's a section for graphics. And on there, that's where I found the first people that I worked with. I think my post is still up there somewhere. So it's like, you just met up with people and it's like, hey, would you like to have a meetup in this building? Da, 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 da. That's what we do. And then we met up. I had like a local, maybe like met up with like like a, a, a meetup, maybe like about 10 animators or people who said, you call it graphics then, because it wasn't really like animation, it was just graphics with an X, right? Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, and then we just met up. And then from there on, it just tumbles along into where we are. And yeah, we had to just, yeah, it wasn't being a smooth process, let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And and so you found these animators, you had this concept. Did you already have the, the base drawings or did you en enlist others to put the, you know, the, the illustration of the characters and the character landscape together? Was that collaborative as well? Or you had your framework and then you invited the others to the party? It was more, i say it's, um, when I met the animators, it was more trying to set up an animation studio to do client work. As we were doing the, this project that went south, it was, we were, I just thought, okay, some of the animators, we had like two guys we were working with and they're trying out some new software. And I was like, you know what? I think we can use this software to now create a series in my naive brain. And then basically, I 
we then went, I designed the characters, like rough characters. And then the animator at the time, he now put it together and we did like a short, I think it's like a 10 second or 10, I think it's still on YouTube, like a 10 second test just to see what it looked like. And from that, I was like, okay, let's get it up. Let's just go with it. Let's just push ahead and let's see what we can do. Yeah. By that time, it was one editor and one animator and me. Okay. Okay. And now you are, as a team on the program, how many? Okay. That's, a, that's an interesting one, because it's kind of gone full circle in a weird way. It's that EVCL is not really an animation company anymore. So we're now focused on working out how to build African children's brands, or at least African animation brands, genuine ones. And we're trying to see if we can crack that. What I mean by that is, even Nigerian stroke African, whatever you want to call it, like content which is truly from the continent, funded from the continent, with talent done, you know, from the continent. Like the whole ecosystem, writers, actors, everything. To just, and then get that to a global scale. That's what we're now focused on. So we've now, the people who used to work with us as animators, we've actually now, they actually have their own studios and we now outsource the production to them. Oh, wow. Okay. So I don't animate. I can animate. I don't to animate. So it's just, they now run it. We're now focused on trying to understand how to build a global children's brand. Wow. Wow. I, I like that. And I, I want to understand more because so much now in conversation is about ecosystems and, and how that is the next way of actually creating value and wealth for particularly Africans. And so when you say that you are now focused on that, I, you know, recently TechCrunch, read a TechCrunch that um, SuperSEMA, the producers of SuperSEMA, raised $6 million USD for, for distributing and producing the, the program. And that's a huge boon for, and I don't know, if you don't know SuperSEMA, it's a Kenya, produced by a Kenyan-based studio. And it is wildly popular. And I think East Africa has a little bit more of a foothold on creating these kinds of content partnerships and, and getting funding. And so I think it's now West Africa's turn. So I'm very excited to hear that this is what you're now doing. So in terms of the business of it, how did you come to want to be in that space? Because my experience, as, as you know, identifying funding for children's content in particular is a, a huge challenge. The, the the usual suspects want m music videos or reality TV shows. They're not really that invested in our children. And it's because it's the they's. The us's now have to recognize that if our children aren't seeing ourselves, then we will have a continued problem with identity and understanding and leadership. So now as you are identifying different brands, different stories, how are you thinking about and who are some of the sources of the financing in the ecosystem and then also the 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 storytellers like how are you finding those people to to put together or to to build up the next iteration of what evcl is financing is still a big challenge finding the people to build creative is not a problem that's not an issue writers are here actors are here that's not the issue and even um, even though we've had to pivot like several times because back then the original idea was, hey, we're going to do 56 episodes. We're going to sell it to, you know, local African networks, BBC, uh, da, 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 yada, 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 um, That's disco. That's how we met in disco. And mm -hmm. we soon realized that wasn't the game and that's what we're going to play out. 
the way we thought it was. We rapidly realized that we had to like change our tack totally. And we're still somehow, because it depends. One thing I'll say also, by the way, probably not the best people in the world at maybe seeking funding. That's another thing. So I'm not going to say, oh, you know, we have our own responsibility as well in this. But, and I guess maybe we're also a bit stubborn in what we're trying to achieve. So we're trying to prove that, listen, come on, are you telling me that you can't fund, create, and take to a particular scale something from Nigeria, West Africa, or East Africa without having, I don't know, funding from external or talent from external? In this day and age, you're telling me we don't have those resources. So part of that is in our DNA, which sometimes maybe doesn't help matters. Also, on top of that, the brand already exists. So that cuts us out of many other funding opportunities where people are looking for something new. So they want to, okay, hey, guys, we can give you funding, but it has to be this new show. So we've had problems with that as well. And then the topics we want to address, some people don't want us to address. They're not they're like, why? Who cares about, I don't know, X, Y, Z? And we're like, well, it's part of African history, so we want to we talk about it. And it's been a weird challenge, to be honest with you. It's been an odd one because where you think you get support from, you don't get the support. And where you didn't even think you're going to get support from, you're getting the support, which is an interesting one. So we, I don't claim that we're, you know, we are, I don't know how to put it, the best of what we do in getting funding and everything, but we have tried and we haven't, you know, we, <laughs> you'd be surprised. We, we've been everywhere, yeah, especially in Nigeria, the bank, the this, the that, nothing. And I don't actually don't blame them to do. You know, we have to, you know, some you have to take it to specific level, and then maybe people have confidence in you. I guess I think that's what we want to do. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, I do also think that the the model is somewhat the media model is somewhat broken for for this piece, right? And I think that there has to be like my philosophy is the that there has to be a public good aspect of content for kids, and so. Yeah, if you want, if it has to be monetized from the top, then obviously if you're if you 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 just can't monetize something from the top that's targeted at children in particular, it has to be patient capital that does that. And and then, you know, and then it becomes this story of, okay, well, how do you actually measure your impact and viewers? And, you know, some some of our, our, our colleagues have done really well at that. And I think that that's, you know, there's something to be learned for that. And that particularly around educational content that's tied to a curriculum. But the the kind of content that is more cultural, more um, entertainment value, like there's obviously the learning piece, but but Bino if you know isn't tied to a curriculum, right? It's it's about history that schools are not even teaching because a curriculum is somewhat broken as well. So it's really kind of these pivot points that we have to kind of figure out how and who, like you said, it's who you think you might get it from may not be who you actually do, but I, I definitely applaud you all for continuing and, and also evolving to understand what the what the what the marketplace needs in order for us to have a movement that that does have the traction that people will be pouring money into because they finally recognize that children's content is very important. True. So on that note, let's let's talk about a little bit of a lingo in the spaces that you you traverse. And this is where I like to ask my glocal speak question. We want to hear what you hear. So I ask you to share a word or phrase or a saying that is part of your local experience and why or how you come to value it as a glocal speak. The thing that comes to my mind right now is flow. 
It's flow. It's not local. Yeah, it's not local. There's this animation flow, but for me, it's, it's something that I kind of use in my head more to do with navigation of life or navigation Perfect. of things. Uh-huh. But it's not a, it's not a local thing. No one's walking around and we're just saying flow <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the, that's the word. closest thing I can think of right now. But it's not, it's not exactly what you're looking for, but it's the thing that pops into my head. Okay, no, it it makes, you know, if if that's a word that rings in your mind a bit, then that is that is a glocal because it's glocal to your your hemispheres. So, I like it. Okay, so so let's get a little bit more understanding about some of the challenges. We've kind of talked about challenges, but challenges and trends and motivations that you're seeing in in the spaces that you're working in. So first, let's talk about trends. So what are some of the trends that you're seeing? You've seen animation change dramatically in terms of the tools and, and the um, the actual capacities. What are some of the, the, the trends that you're seeing in animation lately? I think it's been the demo, democratization access. Like I said, if, okay, let's take Vino Vino, for instance. We were supposed to go through the, you know, a BBC or... CBBS or I don't know PBS or whatever, but now we don't have to. We can just go straight to YouTube, or we can go to Instagram, or we can go to whatever, or you know, or streaming services. So, or literally, we can just go. Yeah, without YouTube, we'd be nowhere. So that little thing has actually, I think, helped a lot of people and help a lot of like brands and IP develop that wouldn't have. They, there's no way like a development committee from the traditional children's networks would have greenlit impossible so now they're playing catch up trying to understand youtube first brands because they're not the big dogs anymore the industry is just getting destroyed it's like it's not destroyed there's a lot of turbulence yeah you still have the big guys but there's a lot of turbulence out there it's not you know as it, it was it's not as um they don't control it as they used to let's put it that way and another good thing is also again the technology working remotely is not giving access to talent in Nigeria, for example, they want to work on Disney projects. If they're good enough, they now can. So some of the people on my team are now literally working you know, on Disney projects or they're now working abroad, but they got that because of that. So they could post this. So basically, I think the internet, social media has helped, has really been helpful in basically, you know, I think you're talking about global in a way like people, some are choosing to still stay and live in like Abuja, Lagos, wherever it is in Nigeria and are doing jobs for Warner Brothers, Disney, ILM, et cetera, Pixar, whilst in Nigeria, or some are being poached and then they're traveling to London, going to LA, going to whatever, and they don't have to go through the typical routes. And it's giving them a chance because sometimes this country doesn't give them a chance. It doesn't appreciate their talent, you know, and they now can go somewhere to people who do appreciate their talent. And that's really cool. That's when, you know, you see some really talented people that work hard and no one cares here. And then not all the time, but let's just say the general thing is no one really cares. And then, but somewhere, some artist working on, I don't know, Star Wars 6 or whatever, is talking to this guy on LinkedIn and says, listen, I think I can get you on this team. Let me let me speak to my higher up. And then they get them on the team because they're speaking to some artist from Spain who speaks yeah. to some artist in Nigeria and then boom, they hook it up and they get it done. So that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, I would I would definitely agree. And I think it's totally changing the nature of immigration, right? And migration, because if people can have access and particularly for artists, right, because artists could never imagine, you know, traditionally 
traveling and, you know, unless they found some, you know, big patron or someone that could take them to, you know, another country, take them to abroad for, you know, more visibility, et cetera. But as you say, technology, the platforms, it's it's a total game changer. And now we have people that are actually in demand that are being, you know, brought abroad, brought into the fold. And I think it's, I, I love that. It really is changing the face of, of content creation. Yeah, and the stories as well. And the right. stories that people can now tell, it's crazy. You know, what you can now see out there, you know, people telling stories from local areas here online, jokes that nobody would get. I mean, if you look at what's going on in TikTok, it's just like a different language, you know, mm-hmm. different styles, different whatever. You're not going to get that on a Nickelodeon. It's just not going right. to work. Right. I know disrespect to that. They know how to do what they do. But without tech and social media now, you wouldn't get these amazing stories, which now feed back into, you know, different stories, graphic styles, the whole thing. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. So question for you in terms of that mindset, because I have what I call my mindset hack. What is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? And this is one that you know of, one that you practice, or one that you can imagine. Uh, two things. I think one would be meditation, the other would be music. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. If you're working, if you're talking about actually exercise, it's another thing, but that's a bit more long range or whatever. But every day I try to meditate mm-hmm. and then in the morning. And then if I'm trying to switch, it's more, I, I also add journaling. I have like a journal, a planner. So those three things help me. But if I want to actually switch, it's usually music. And I have to write it down. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I have to write it down. I can't just, uh, you know, it's just I have to write it down and then that helps. So those, so meditation sets the base and then the other two kind of help with it. Those are nice reminders for everyone because I, a lot of people say music and meditation and, but that you added the writing because that's a key piece as well. I think that oftentimes we underestimate the power of lists and the visual relationship because between either typing or actually handwriting information, there is actually like a, a neuro transmitted communication link between the two. So, so thank you for that. I find the typing thing doesn't help me much, but the writing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I get it totally. So what's next? What is what is going on for Bino and Fino? Tell us, tell us a little bit more about where it is in terms of what season, where we can find it, and then what's next for Bino and Fino? Okay, cool. We're kind of, um, okay, like I told you before, way back in the day, the plan was to do 50, uh, 52 episodes. So we're now 23. So we're now, you can now see the show. We have two components. You have the, the episodes and you now have the music as well. So there's oh, nice. two aspects to it. Okay. So... Basically, you can find us on most good children's educational apps regarding the episodes. You can find us on Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube Kids, obviously. And then there, if you're a parent, you know most of the kids apps, which are things like Kidoodle, um, Amoeba, which is linked to Amazon. So you were in that ecosystem. You can find us there. Um, and then the music, everywhere. So, um, Apple, Spotify. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So if you Google or if you search Bino and Fino, most of those platforms, you'll find us hopefully. And then yeah, the future is to create more and get the brand known. I mean, the idea is get to get this brand 
like really to scale it up. You know, we have a nice set of, of fans around the world, but it's to really, for it to have the impact, we think, you know, we need to have more African voices, in my opinion. Not because when I was a kid, I watched everything from the US, France, um, Japan. So it'd be nice to see stuff from, I don't know, Egypt, Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa in the mix as well. Um, and have kids in Japan watching stuff from South Africa, blah, blah, blah. So we just want to be part of that because it's, it's amazing what's happening now, the mix of cultures. So, and information just flying around left, right, and center. So we want to make sure that, first of all, for African and then the diaspora itself, and then anyone else who loves the culture and loves what we do and just wants to see something different or learn about other cultures, we want to make sure that their brands, not just Vino and Fino, but other brands out there that represent our side of the world, like in a in a proper way. No filters, no, you know, it is what it is. So when you watch the Japanese stuff, you know it's from Japan. There was no filters there. Likewise, US, likewise, France, likewise. The same thing. I don't want the African stuff or the Nigerian stuff or whatever to be diluted yeah yeah <laughs> you know, I, yeah i hear you because of where the funding comes from or because of whatever i'm not interested in that so we're just trying to see if we can be part of that thing sure 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 so tell us a little bit more about the music when did the music come in because uh, i think that's a, a nice twist in terms of actually expanding the brand and expanding platforms so when did when did the music come in and how how is how was production on that going music came in <laughs> Almost as a weird pivot because we always talked about, hey, let's do music. In fact, I was against music in, in the beginning, actually. I was like, no, we need hardcore educational episodes, blah, 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 blah. And my brother who works with us is like, yo, listen, that's cool. That's cool. But music's nice and people love music and you learn through music. Yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Oh, we need this. I was being too, I was being an idiot. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> so if I listened to it a bit earlier, let's, we, maybe the brand would be a bit more well known by now. But anyway. Finally, I kind of saw sense, and then um, yeah, we just—it was just a, it, it made sense, especially with Afrobeat stuff that's going on now and everything. So we just thought, yeah, let's, let's just give it a shot. Work with some musicians over here. That was it. That's very simple. It wasn't that complicated. And then it's it. And the funny thing is, that's what's actually helping people find out more about the brand. Exactly. The original. They now hear the music, and they now deep, dig deeper and find the other stuff that we do. And then, you know, yeah. yeah, awesome. That's awesome. So in terms of so that's a that's a key piece on the monetization side. Right. So how are you seeing that impacting your bottom line in terms of the monetization? Because it's only on well, it's primarily on streaming platforms. And so getting your the monetization piece together. And I think that's a broader question about the business of being on these platforms in terms of monetizing, because you're primarily self-funding, which I'm or not primarily, but to a large degree, there's self-funding going on. But there's some monetization that is coming into the mix. So how has that navigation been and, and returns on that level? Um, it's been tough. I mean, but we also have like an e-commerce site. So the model is there. It's just getting the numbers yeah it, it's literally surviving to get the numbers and do you have enough firepower to financial firepower to market to run ads to do whatever it is to get well luckily people enough people vibe with the brand they love the Pino Pino brand but um, we'd have we have we've had to create multiple streams no pun intended but uh, you know you have the streaming side of things and we have the e-commerce side of things we've done events as well which is an interesting one which we're looking more into 
having events in places in the US where the brand is quite strong in London and here in Abuja, understanding that backside of things. So working with licensees, you know, for merchandising that take it out of our hands. We're looking into that now, slowly stepping into that. But you have to have the numbers for people to be interested to work with. Yeah. So, you know, people who like create merchandise for kids, if they see you've got enough traction, they'll work with you. So we're just working hard and just, that's why we had to push the animation side of things that we do out of the way because we had to now look and focus on this aspect. So it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so interesting. And I think we're all just doing these different things to try to, you know, put the pieces together. And then and then then it actually, like you said, it starts to feed this ecosystem that we now can can pull from and, and leverage in different ways. So very interesting. Okay, so now that we've talked about business and all the things that make your day-to-day productive. Let's talk a little bit more about who you are when you are not the uh, leading the EVCL team on a day-to-day basis. So I like to ask this question, are you a reader, are you a watcher, or are you a listener? And what are some of your favorite reads, watches, or listens? What am I? Um, I'm not really a... I'm not a reader. No, my wife's a reader. I'm not a reader. <laughs> I, I thought I was, but I saw some real readers, so no, I'm not. Uh, I'm a listener podcast but i don't have much free time but in my free time i actually don't like i'm either watching something or i'm doing something i see either like i'm like i have my hobbies which are physical so it's either stuff like like a roller skate oh nice Uh, wow okay i do stuff like that so i don't really sit and listen and read much i'd like to be outside if possible Sure. Um, so let me ask you, where, what, what skates do you use and where do you skate? I love skating. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I roller skate. So I have a, well, a set of these, well, a shout out to the brand Flaneur. It's like a set of skates where you basically clip on your shoes and then clip them off and stuff like that. So I skate. Um, so that makes you flexible so you can skate in more places. Yeah. Found a really, some crazy young kid. To set up guy called Lito to set up like the only skating rink in Abuja randomly. So I go there with my family. Okay. Where possibly before I used to skate just in the park. Or when I'm in London, I skate there. I park. Yep. Yep. Um, in there for that. Mm-hmm. Fun. Exactly. So either that or I'm either doing another one of my hobbies is salsa dancing and stuff like that. So I'm really down reading a book right right i mean clearly your your job is media so you you probably take in a lot in that in that regard yeah yeah, yeah. exactly but you did mention that music flips the switch for you so what are some of what is what are some of the music that you do use in the the mindset hacking activity mindset hacking activities it's more i guess on spotify you call it ambient relaxation. Ah, yes, yes. I, I figured as much. <laughs> yeah. So it's either that or something sort of liquid drum and bass or something like that. It's more that angle. Uh-huh. I don't want it to be too, because I like dancing, so I don't want it to be something that's going to make me want to dance. Right. My work. So yeah. I separate the two. When I'm skating, I listen to something different. I'm doing salsa, i salsa. But for this stuff, yeah, you know it. So it's like mind yeah, you know, you know yes. the, yeah, the binaural beats, kind of, yeah, the energy, yeah. Exactly. 
bit of a cliche, but it worked. <laughs> right, 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 right. Wow. Well, I, I'm so happy we got this chance to catch up. And, you know, it's so funny because, as you mentioned, or you didn't mention, but I know that Ghana is part of your story as well. And so I haven't seen you there. So when do we see you? When do we see you coming? When are you coming for brands? What's what's going When are you coming? <laughs> Man, I don't know. We were actually supposed to go to Accra. Well, okay. COVID. So yeah. Anyway, it was supposed yes, to go across 2020, actually. Yeah. 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 And that didn't happen because we've got the, the the show is in different languages, right? And actually we got like five episodes in three. Oh, nice. So so we've been working on yeah, that's one aspect of the show. We've got it in just like about ten languages now. Um Swahili, Chui, Yoruba, Iba Hausa. So yeah, so Whenever we can get back to, I know, I know. Days, we will. You know how it is. Yes, so, yeah. I do indeed. I did. You may yeah. see me in Abuja before you come to Ghana, but we'll we'll make it work. No yeah. problem. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, this has been great, Adamu. I really appreciate your time. And um, before we say goodbye for today, do you have any last words that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I mean, I think I would say well, it's a bit biased from my section, but. Parents out there, especially if you're from the African diaspora, keep an eye out for people from your community doing stuff, books, stories, whatever it is. It's war out here. So we need your support, but also support the guys, not just because you want to support, but if it's good, look for it. If it's good, support it. If it isn't, don't. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're going to go properly. The quality has to be good. But just understand that people, you might, you might think it doesn't exist. You just think, okay, I'll just have to do the default you know, Disney, this, 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 whatever. But actually, it might be harder, but look, search. You might be surprised what you might find when it comes to animation, books, music, stories, whatever it is, toys as well. And um, it's a, there's a growing ecosystem out there. So just look a bit deeper and then you, you'd be surprised what you might find. And of course, support the quality stuff. It's not just about, you know, supporting for supporting sake, but it's we might not have the funds to market as hard as others, but there's stuff out there to help you guys bring up the kids and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you so much. All right, listeners, this has been another episode of the podcast. You can catch us each and every Tuesday with new episodes, localcitizenspod.com, as well as all of your usual suspects, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. Actually, we're not on YouTube yet. We need to get on YouTube. We will soon. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it, where you can find us there, except for YouTube, but YouTube's coming soon. Thank you. And like, share. Please do take that advice. Support good content. If you like the content, share. Let someone know about it. Leave us a review. It helps other people find the good content. And until next time, bye for now.